Hey everyone, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Our prayer is that through this message, you will find the Father, a family, and a fulfilling future. Be sure to connect with us online at Cornerstone Church Social to keep up with all things Cornerstone. Thanks for tuning in. Good to be worshiping with everyone again. Welcome to all of our home churches. Welcome to everybody watching right now. So great to be worshiping with you today. Hey, we're talking gratitude again. And real quick, I want us to start off with giving some gratitude to some people who really deserve it. And that is New Point Community Church. Um, Man, we are so grateful. If you've been watching, worshiping with us for a while, you know that this stage that we've been at, this church that we've been at is uh, New Point Community Church's Canton campus. Uh, They have let us be here since Mother's Day to record our services, uh, to be able to put out uh, the worship experiences we do every single week. And uh, they've done it (laughs) rent-free. They've just let us be here. And man, we are beyond thankful. So I'm going to throw some names out real quick. Um, I I want you to tag them uh, in the comments as we say thank you. Uh, Lead Pastor Dwight Mason, um, campus pastor Chad Yoder, the entire Canton campus crew. Uh, man, we are just so, so thankful. So thankful to you guys. Uh, you've seen us as the Big C Church, as one unified church, and we are just beyond thankful uh, for that. So grateful. So uh, this is our last Sunday recording from here, which is pretty crazy. It's our last Sunday that we're going to be doing this. Um, but the exciting part is it's because we're going to be recording from our facility from now on, which is pretty crazy, right? Pretty, pretty crazy. So it's going to look different. We're, we're, you know, we're fleshing things out. We're getting it going. But man, God has just been so good. He's just been so good to us and he's been so faithful. Um, man, we changed a lot <laughs> in the last little while. We've gone from being in our own building to being at Coventry Elementary to being kind of in no man's land <laughs> to being here, to getting ready to walk into our own new facility. And uh, man, it's just so great. God's been with us the whole way. He's been faithful. He'll continue to be faithful. And I'm just excited. And I, I'm sure you are too, as our church, just to see what the future holds. So uh, we know God's in the future. And that's all that matters. And so he's going to be with us. So very exciting stuff. So on the subject of thankfulness and gratitude, we are picking up where we left off last week. We are in Thank It to the Bank Part 2. I'm just going to recap uh, real quick where we've been so far, just some of the stuff that we've been talking about. Uh, if you were with us, you know, we talked about the fact that gratitude is a posture, right? Isn't it funny? As soon as you say that word posture, you just feel yourself tightening up, right? Every single time. Yeah, everyone's doing the, uh-huh, yeah. (laughs) Gratitude is a posture. That means it's a way that we approach life. It's not something on a to-do list. It's not sending a thank you note, although that is nice. It's not sending a fruit basket, although that is nice. It's a posture. It's a way that you approach life. It's a lens that you view life through. That's what gratitude is is, and gratitude is supposed to flow out of our thankfulness to Jesus. That's where our gratitude should be anchored, not in moment-by-moment circumstance, because that changes all the time, right? I mean, think about what we've just talked about, the changes we have experienced as a church. Their circumstances are constantly changing. So if your gratitude is tied to that, you can be up and down all over the place. But if your gratitude is tied to where it should be, to the faithfulness of Jesus, then you have a posture of gratitude all the time. So that's where it's supposed to flow out of the fact that Jesus is faithful. Because Jesus is faithful, I am grateful, right? And because Jesus is a good God and God is a good father and any good parent knows, hey, if you want to love on me, you want to show me you're grateful to me, love on my kids. 
if that's us and we are grateful to God, God wants us to love his kids. So Jesus is faithful, I'm grateful. And so you are inevitable. Because I'm so grateful to God for what he's done, it's inevitable that I'm gonna love on you, that I'm gonna sacrifice for you, that I'm going to invest my time and my energy, my resources in you because I'm so grateful to God and for what he has done for me. I need to love others. And then the last thing we ended on last week was this quote by Fred DeWitt Van Amberg. That's a name. <laughs> this dude was a early 20th century author and poet. And this is what he said. Love, love, love this quote. Gratitude is a currency that we can mint for ourselves and spend without fear of bankruptcy. Gratitude is a currency we can mint for ourselves and spend without fear of bankruptcy. Now, th this, is, this is just some guy. This isn't scripture, but man, is there a lot of God's truth in that statement right there. That gratitude, it is this currency, it's this, this money, so to speak, that we can mint for ourselves and we can spend it. We can be gracious, we can be thankful, and we never have to worry about going bankrupt in our life. And so this is where we left off last week. We left off here and we left off with the idea that, you know what, gratitude, it, it's, it's a lot easier whenever I'm just grateful to God. It's a lot easier whenever I'm just grateful to God for who he is and because he's so faithful and God, I just wanna be grateful for that. And I just wanna, you're loving me and I'll love you back. Let's just, let's keep it there. That's, that's what we left off last week is that loving God and being grateful to God is kind of easy because God's perfect. <laughs> it's easy to love someone who's perfect. It's easy to love someone who is omnipresent, Right? because God's just always with me. It's easy to love him because he's always with me and he, he works on my terms. He works on my time. Like I can, I can spend time whenever it's convenient to me, right? It's easier to love God. It's easier to show that love back to him than it is to those around me. But that's what he asks. That's what he requires. That's what love requires of us is to love people around us. But people, we're messy, <laughs> we're frustrating. We're exhausting. We're hard to love, right? Like we, we can be pretty hard to love. It can be pretty exhausting trying to love people. And so many times, and this is me included, so many times it can be easy to be like, but God, I'm grateful for what you've done. <laughs> can't, can't we just keep this? Like you bless me and then I worship you in return. Can't, can we just keep it there? And God is saying, no, no, no. I want you to pay me back by paying love forward. I want you to love the people around you. I want you to invest in the people around you. I want you to sacrifice for the people around you. But again, it's not as easy as it is to love God. It's not convenient as it is to love God. And so whenever we're loving people and we're seeing how exhausting it is and how frustrating it is because you love them and they maybe don't accept your love or, or you love them and they don't really connect with love like that in the right way. And so it just feels exhausting and tiring. You're like, okay, but God, there's a limit, right? All right, like there's a limit to how like I love people and then I can get back to loving you. Like I can just keep it here, right? We, can, we just zone back here because this is hard. This is exhausting. And this is gonna tire me the heck out. <laughs> because if you're a person and you have tried loving other people, you know how hard it is. You know how hard it is and you know how exhausting it is and how much easier it would be to just, just send that love back to God. So if that is you, today's sermon is for you. If you're someone who it's like, man, it's hard loving people, it's exhausting loving people, won't I run out? 
Like, won't I get burnt out loving other people, especially other people who are hard to love? Won't I run out? So if that is you, today is for you. And today, if you're taking notes, our sermon title we're working with today is Gratitude and Gains. Gratitude and Gains. So first off, what I want to know, I want you to put this in the chat if you're one of these people. Who has uh, just tons of free time? Like, you never really have anything going on. You constantly are looking at your calendar like... What, what can I just fill my time up with? If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. Say, yep, that's me. I've got tons of free time. Yeah, it's what I thought. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody says that. Nobody's like, oh, yeah, I got all the time in the world. I'm never exhausted. I'm never busy. I'm, I'm always energetic, always ready to go because I've never got anything going on in life. No. Nah. Everyone's busy. Everyone's busy. What's the first thing we say to each other? Hey, yo, what's going on? How you doing, man? Good. Busy. Busy, busy. Hey, how you been going? Good. You know, just running, running around, running around trying to get stuff done. Everyone is busy. Everyone is busy. We've all got stuff going on. Think about it. If you're in high school, chances are you, you play sports, you have some kind of extracurricular activity, and you feel like you're there all the time, right? If you're a parent of a kid who plays sports in high school and they don't have their license yet, you feel like you are just constantly driving from a tournament to a practice to conditioning to another tournament. And you're like, isn't there just one tournament? Why are there multiple tournaments? But you're all over the place dropping people off, picking people up, and it's crazy. And you feel exhausted because you just don't have time and, and, you're, and you're busy. You're busy and you're busy with stuff at home because there's always stuff to do at home. Just this week, we had a leaf pickup in our neighborhood. Like we, the, they were coming to do leaves, which threw me off guard because last year they didn't do it until like the first week of December, which seemed kind of pointless. The leaves were already blown all, all over the place by then. But this year they came early uh, and they put out the sign saying like leaf pickup uh, on Friday and they put those out like late on Wednesday. And I'm like, well, oh, geez, I, I gotta get on it, right? And so that took up a bunch of my time because our leaf blower it's just straight garbage. Like it's an electric leaf blower. And I, I'm not kidding. I would have probably made more of an impact by just getting down and just <sighs> then, then using that leaf blower. That thing is trash. It just did not work at all. So that took me forever, right? So that's stuff that's taking up my time. It's stuff that I've putting time and energy and resources into, and it's making me exhausted and frustrated. And then there's work and everybody has work and work's tiring, right? Work's exhausting. You got to go all over the place. If you work a desk job, you've got emails and you're checking them. You finally get your email inbox to zero. And then you go to sleep and you wake up the next day and you got 50 emails in your inbox. And you're like, what is going on? Like, stop emailing me. Like, I'm just, I'm getting tired. I'm getting frustrated. And then it's the holiday season and the holidays are coming up and you're like, oh my goodness, I got to check my schedule. And I got to plan stuff and we're hosting. So I got to make sure the house is clean. I got to make sure everyone's room is good. And I got to uh, figure out dishes to make and all this different stuff. And there's just so much going on. And you're busy and you're tired and you're exhausted. So you hear me, Pastor Jacob say, hey, if you really want to show God that you love him, if you really want to show God that you're grateful, you need to invest in other people. You need to invest in other people. You need to spend time in other people. You need to build up other people. You need to put your energy and resources in other people. And you're going, <laughs> I don't have enough time for me. <laughs> I don't have enough time for me. And you're telling me to invest in other people. You're telling me to spend time with other people. You're telling me to put my, my energy in other people. How? <laughs> when? When, when? What are you asking of me? Can't I just keep it between me and him? <laughs> because he's always present, so that's easy. He's always present, so that's convenient. He's perfect, so he's easy to love. Like I can just, God, I can show him I'm grateful by just, you know, going to Cornerstone Church, that info, click giving and donate 20 bucks real quick. 
I can show him I'm grateful by just, you know, sending somebody a thank you note every now and then. I can show him I'm grateful by uh, uh, listening to the fish. <laughs> I'll just, 95.5, I'll just, here you go, God, you own my radio preset in my car and that will let you know that we're good. You just keep blessing me and I'll keep listening to the fish for you, and, <laughs> right? Because that's easy, that's convenient, that's not too hard. But loving people around me, that requires energy, that requires time, that requires sacrifice. And God, I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired. So chances are, if you're someone like that, you may have left last week going, how does the pastor expect me to do this? <laughs> how do you expect me to love other people, to invest in other people whenever I constantly feel tired? I've got so much going on. I can relate to that. I can relate to that. My, my family, we've got uh, October is like our birthday month. We have so many October birthdays. It's insane. So October 3rd is uh, my sister-in-law, Amanda. October 10th is my wife, Jessica. October 12th is my niece, Skylar. October 19th is my birthday. October 22nd is my mom's birthday. And October 25th is my brother's birthday. Six birthdays in a month. And it's crazy. And what we used to do, what we used to do is we would go out for like everybody's birthday. We'd be like, we'd plan it all out and, hey, let's make sure whenever we go out to eat that nobody picks the same restaurant. So we all try different places the whole time. It'll be so fun. And so that's what we used to do. Then we all started having kids and then we're like, okay, well, let's, let's like group people together. Okay, so Zach and Amanda will go out one place for your birthday and then Jacob and Jessica, one place for your birthday and then Skylar and Brenda, one place for your guys' birthday. So then three. You guys wanna know what we did now, this last October? Look, if your birthday falls between October 1st and October 31st, just come to mom's house and we'll eat one dinner together, <laughs> right? It went from everyone having their own separate things and we're planning them out to like, look, let's just have one, look, we'll order pizza. Just come over and we'll order pizza. And it's because we're all busy. It's because it's exhausting. Even though it's fun, it's exhausting. So yeah, I can relate. I get it. You're going, man, I'm tired. There's so much going on. How can I show God that I'm grateful? How can I express my love and my gratitude to him by loving other people when it's so tiring and it's so exhausting? If that is you, and you're someone who's wondering how that can happen, this is what I wanna to say to you today, okay? Think about it this way. What if the key to finding more energy for you is by giving more of yourself to others? Wow. What if, I know it sounds so counterintuitive. It sounds so counterintuitive. You're like, how does that, the math doesn't work out. <laughs> just, but what if the key to finding more energy for yourself is by giving more of yourself to others. L l let me put it another way. What if God actually knows what he's talking about? What if God actually means what he says? What if creator God, designer God, the God who made us, the God who knows us, he knows us better than we know ourselves. He's got the operation manual. What if he knows that the key for us having more energy is actually by giving of ourselves more? What if whenever he said, love others as I have loved you, he said it for good reason? What if we find more energy for ourselves by investing in other people more? We've talked, man, we've talked about the kingdom of God in almost every series since I've become lead pastor. That's because I, it's something on my heart. I want us to understand the kingdom of God. I want us to know what it truly is and how it changes our life. In the kingdom of God, we've talked about this. It is an upside down, backwards kingdom. Everything works counterintuitive to what you would think. And so what if in the kingdom of God, in God's upside down counterintuitive kingdom, it actually works this way? That if I want to have more energy for myself, I need to give more of myself 
to others? What if it works that way? For our answer, we're going to be looking at Paul, an early follower of Jesus, for help, okay? As we look to answer this for ourselves, we're going to be looking at the example of Paul. So I want to give you just a real quick background on who Paul is. So Paul is an early follower of Jesus. He, he starts following Jesus after Jesus's ministry, after his death, after his resurrection. Paul starts following Jesus, uh, and he, he actually starts following him by trying to destroy him. <laughs> like, like Paul starts following Jesus because Paul is a, a Jewish man. He's a Jewish leader in his community. And he hears about this, uh, this Jesus cult coming up. And he's like, this is, this is wrong. This is blasphemy against the one true God, Yahweh. And we need to stamp this out. We, we can't let these people be going around talking about this stuff. Well, then Jesus encounters him changes his life, gives him a new name. He used to be named Saul. Now he's named Paul, gives him a new uh, a mission in life. And so Paul now is going around telling everyone about what Jesus has done for him and how Jesus has saved him. And so Paul's doing this. He's going all over the place and he uh, uh, starts all these churches everywhere he goes. He starts these little churches, these little uh, 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 movements of people who are following Jesus. And one of the things that he starts doing, he starts writing letters to these churches and what we're going to be reading today is one of these letters that we have preserved in history uh, by the grace of God, a letter to a church in the city of Philippi. And this is what Paul says. I want you to just listen and really listen to what he's saying in this letter. We're going to be able uh, to read it up here. You can follow along. Listen to what Paul says uh, uh, in this letter. This is him, him and uh, his, his friend Timothy writing a letter to the Philippian church. This is what he says. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of, Je of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen. I love, love, love that. That's, that's him starting off a letter. That's slightly better and more encouraging than the way I started off my emails with just like a, hey, everybody, hope you're having a great day. Um, that's a little bit better. Paul's got me just by, just by a little bit. <laughs> but the reason I wanted us to read that and some of you will probably know this because we, we've talked about Philippians. We've talked about this letter that he wrote to this church many times here at Cornerstone. Um, so you may already know this, but that passage that we just read, verses 1 through 11, and the whole book of Philippians, really, um, that was written, this joy-filled, gratitude-filled, thankful letter was written while Paul was in chains, this letter was written while Paul was in chains. This letter was written while Paul was in prison. <laughs> and you want to know it's something funny? Um, theologians, we, we think we know, but they're actually not totally sure which imprisonment he wrote this letter under. Think about that for a second. We're not sure which time he was thrown into jail when he wrote this joy-filled letter. 
This is a man who was thrown in prison multiple times. This is a man who was beaten. This is a man who was stoned. This is a man who was whipped. This is a man who lost pretty much everything from his previous life. All of his prestige, all of his friends lost all of that. And we see this letter that just drips with joy and gratitude and thankfulness from prison. If there is, I mean, think about it. If there's ever time to worry about yourself, it's then, <laughs> right? And yet here Paul is writing and he's saying how he's praying for these believers in Philippi and how he can't get them off of his mind. He thanks God every time he thinks of them and he's praying for them that they would be built up in Christ and he's, he's worried about them and he's concerned for them and he's pouring energy and pouring resources and pouring time and love and investment into these people. And you're like, bro, you're in prison. <laughs> you can think about yourself now. Like you, you can just think about yourself. You can worry about yourself. If there's any time to worry about yourself, it's now. Like Christians are being hunted down and killed, not just by Rome, but by Jewish leaders who are trying to put down th this insurrection, this cult that is just thriving all over the place. They're trying to put it down. You're being hunted. Now's the time to worry about yourself. Don't worry about pouring your energy into other people. Not only is it exhausting, it's dangerous. Don't do it. He had every reason not to. If there's ever a time to worry about yourself, it's now. If there's ever a time to not be thankful, it's now. If there's ever not a time to be joy-filled, it's now, Paul. <laughs> Some of you may be feeling that way. You're like, yeah, okay, I get it. I get that I'm supposed to be others-centered in general, but 2020 is not in general. <laughs> this, is, this is different. This year is a tad bit different, right? COVID-19, and I get it, I'm supposed to be focused on other people, but with the pandemic, I feel like I'm on my last fuse, and it's hard for me to focus on other people. It's hard for me. I feel like I just need self-care, <laughs> just self-care, just, just me and God. God, you keep blessing me, but it's because I need it. I can't, I can't be loving on other people. I can't be investing in other people right now. I need to worry about myself, right? The, the election, I mean, how crazy was that? <laughs> right? And maybe the fallout of it, you're someone who's not happy with it. Maybe the fallout of it, and you're like, oh, you're just feeling frustrated, and you're feeling depressed, and you're feeling down, and you're feeling like, yeah, you know what? I, I, I need to center. I need to center. I'm not feeling the whole love that you're wanting me to have. Like, we're in a divided time right now. No, no, no. I just want it between me and God. I don't want to love other people right now in the way that Jesus is calling me to love other people. Can't I just express my gratitude towards him? If there's ever a time to think about myself, it's now, isn't it? There's ever a time to worry and to focus on myself, isn't it now? But yet, we have Paul. We have Paul, this example, this man who in the midst of prison, in the midst of prison, in the midst of being persecuted, is not thinking about himself. He's not worried about, well, man, I, I've loved on people and I, me, I maybe need to pull back a little bit because I, I don't want to make sure I run out of energy. I don't want to run out. I, I need self-care. I need to make sure that I'm okay. We don't see that a second from Paul. We don't see that at all in his ministry. He is constantly giving of himself. He's constantly investing in other people. He's constantly mentoring other people. He's constantly looking for ways to share the love of Jesus with others without worry that he's going to run out without worry that he's going to burn out, without worry that he's going to be, uh, uh, you know, just depleted and have no energy. How in the world is he doing this? Because if you're anything like me, <laughs> you, you are like, yeah, I'm worried. I'm going to get a little exhausted loving on people. I'm, I'm worried I'm going to get burnt out. Is there going to be anything left for me? How in the world is Paul doing it? You see, Paul, he understood that gratitude is a posture. 
right? Paul did not see this as a one-time thing. Paul understood gratitude as a posture, and that's how he lived his life. He was so grateful for what Jesus saved him from. So grateful from what Jesus had saved him from, what Jesus had delivered him from. And out of that gratitude flowed his love for other people. And I'm sure, man, we, we could spend all day talking about that. I don't know what you've been saved from, but I know what I've been saved from. And I know that I, I am so grateful to God for the things he's saved me from, the things that I've thought, the things that I've said, the things that I've done that I don't have to worry about anymore. The, the, the person that I used to be is not who I am anymore. And it's because of Jesus and it's because of what he's done for me. And I know that if you're a follower of Jesus, you have a similar testimony. You're not who you used to be. You're, you're something different. You're a new creation now. And out of that flows gratitude. And out of that gratitude needs to flow love for others. But how in the world can we love other people like Paul? How can we love other people without worry that we're gonna run out? How can we love other people without limit? Where we go, okay, I'll love you up to here, but no more because I need to make sure I don't burn out. I need to make sure I don't get too hurt. I need to make sure that, that there's something left for me. How do we do that? How do we make sure we don't go bankrupt? Well, here is the key. Here's the key that Paul understood that we need to understand. That when we mint and spend the currency of gratitude, a miracle starts to take place. A miracle starts to, I, I don't know about you, I need a miracle. <laughs> if you need a miracle, put it in the chat. I need a miracle. I need a miracle from time to time, right? I, I, can, I feel like I can handle some stuff in my life, but there are plenty of times where I'm like, no, you know what? God, you need to come through. <laughs> you need to come through for me because I can't do this. I can't do this. I, I, I just can't do this on my own. And when we mint and spend the currency of gratitude, we see a miracle start to take place. Because here's the thing, naturally speaking, naturally speaking, it makes zero sense that if I give more of myself, I will have more energy. <laughs> Naturally speaking, that makes zero sense that as I give more of myself, the, the richer I become, that, that makes zero natural sense. But God is super natural. He, he precedes the natural. He, he supersedes what we see naturally happening. So yeah, naturally speaking, loving and investing in others should bankrupt me. It should exhaust me. I should get to the end of days feeling depleted and feeling like, oh man, there's nothing left for me. There's nothing left for my family. There's nothing left for my friends because I've been just giving and giving and loving and investing. But God is supernatural. He is supernatural. He works opposite of how natural works. And so gratitude, something that is supernatural, works different than how we would think. It works at a different level. It is a supernatural currency. It's a supernatural currency. And so that means the more that we love out of a grateful heart, magic happens. Magic happens. It, the, the way things normally work in the world doesn't come into play anymore whenever we work out of a grateful heart. And this is what I'm calling it. It's a little bit of miracle math, all right? It's a little bit of miracle math. And here's the miracle math. The more we spend, the richer we become. And I wanna tell you right now, this isn't some motivational, feel-good, self-help kind of stuff. This is rooted and who Jesus is and what Jesus does. Miracle math, the more we spend, the richer we become. Whenever we jump ahead, just one chapter in Philippians, we hear about Jesus who gave of himself, who being the very nature and the likeness of God, humbled himself, took on the nature of a servant and was obedient to God, even to the point of death 
on a cross. And because he spent everything, God has lifted him up and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Jesus' life is miracle math. The more we spend, the richer we become. It's supernatural. It makes zero logical sense from a natural standpoint. But the more that we invest in others from a grateful heart, the richer we get, the richer we get in spirit, the richer we get in our demeanor, (laughs) the the richer we get in gentleness, the richer we get in kindness, the richer we get in spirit. That's how God designed us. That's how God designed us. Whenever God gives us commands, it's not just arbitrary. It's not just, oh, for the heck of it. Yeah, I'll make you give of yourself. I'm just gonna make you give and give and give and sacrifice and sacrifice, and it's gonna deplete you, and you're gonna be exhausted, and you're gonna be tired, and you have no energy for the people that you love, and you have no energy for your family, and I'm just gonna say it's gonna be that way. That's not how God works. When God commands something, when God tells us to do something, it is because it is for our own good. So what if when God tells us to love as Jesus loved, to love others as Jesus loved us, it's because it's for our own good. What if he knows that as we give of ourselves, as we pour ourselves out, we will never run dry? What if it's supernatural? What if God actually knows what he's talking about and that our energy, our love, the stuff that he's given us, it's not meant to be hoarded. It is meant for reinvestment. What if it's meant for reinvestment? What if whenever we hoard things and we try to hold on to energy and we try to know just self-care, self-care, just I'm just worrying about me. It's just me and God, that's it. And other people, yeah, whatever. But me and God, that's where I'm keeping it. He just keeps blessing me and I let him know I'm grateful. What if that's not how it's meant to be? What if the love that God gives us is meant for reinvestment? We are not supposed to hoard and save what God gives us. We are to spend it. We're to spend it on other people. Yes, even though they're exhausting. (laughs) Yes, even though they're hard. Yes, even though they're difficult. Because you are too. And thank God someone spent love and energy and investment and sacrifice on you. Chances are part of your testimony is you came to Jesus because someone loved you when you weren't very lovable. They sacrificed when you when you weren't worthy of being sacrificed for. So who in the world are we to suddenly hold that back and say, nope, God, I'm just gonna keep it right here. No, no, no. We are grateful because Jesus is faithful. And so we love the people next to us. We love God's kids. That's how we show our gratitude to God. And we don't run dry because it's miracle math. It's miracle math. Actually, I wanna, Matt, would you mind, my my Vanna White is gonna grab, we have a little visual illustration we're gonna do to kind of play out this miracle math. Thank you, Matt. Can we give Matt a round of applause? Thank you very much. (laughs) So I feel like this is a, I was telling everybody beforehand, this is a rite of passage for me as a pastor because every pastor I know of during the 80s and the 90s has used this illustration at some point and I never have. So I've been like giddy all week, like I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna do the, the walnut and rice illustration for the first time. So here we go. And everyone uses it in different ways, right? But this is the way we're gonna use it today. So this is how miracle math works, all right? So we got this mason jar and typically what we think of, I just wanna illustrate what we've been talking about. Typically what we think of is we've got Investing in other people, you know, loving on other people, loving others the way Jesus loved us. That's, that's this over here. And then over here is making sure we're good. Making sure, because you know, that's, that's what they say. 
If you want to be good, you need to put on your own oxygen mask first before you help someone else with theirs, right? So, so here, here we got helping other people, loving other people, loving them as Jesus loved us. And over here, we've got making sure we're good and, and self-care and investing in me. And nope, just here, just here. Yeah, whatever, loving people, but here, right? So this is what happens whenever we try to do this first, right? So you know what? Yeah, other people, I know they need love and I know they need whatever, but let me just get full first. Let me make sure I'm 100% good. There we go. And I'm, I'm great. Now, now I'll love other people. I'll love other people. And now we'll start putting this in. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about other people and loving other people. Hmm. Well, someone else will love these people. Someone else will get to these people. Because, see, I needed to make sure I'm okay first. And then other people. But I, I'm out. I'm out. My energy is gone. I'm exhausted, I'm tired. Someone else can love these people. Someone else can invest in these people. Someone else can sacrifice for these people. I'm spent, I'm spent, sorry, sorry, I'm done. Someone else can love them like Jesus loved me. That doesn't work. This, this is natural, right? What we saw play out right here, this is natural math. This is the way we logically think about things. This is, this is the kingdoms of this world, right? This is not the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom of this world thinking, which says, me first, me first, then other people. This is the kingdom of this world that says, let me put on my oxygen mask first, then, then I'll help other people, right? But with God, it's different. But in the kingdom of God, things work backwards, right? In the kingdom of God, we have miracle math. The more I give, the more I have. The, the, the more I pour out of myself, the richer I become. The more I exhaust my love on other people, the more energy I have, the more time I have, the more love I feel, the kinder I become. The more, the more I like just constantly pushing other people, the more patient I become. The more like Jesus I become. That, that's miracle math. That doesn't make logical, natural sense, but in the kingdom of God, it works. So whenever I love like Jesus loved, a self-sacrificing a love, a love that says, no, there, there's no such thing as a limit. There's no such thing as a limit. I'm going to love, and I'm going to love, and I'm going to sacrifice, and I'm going to make sure that other people uh, uh, know about the, the love of God. Whenever I put that first, it's amazing how I still have enough room for me. It's amazing how whenever I prioritize the right thing, and the right thing is loving people, the way I have been loved, when I prioritize the right thing, when I prioritize the thing that Jesus told me to do, the one command that he summed every other command up in, to love others as I have been loved. It's amazing how whenever I prioritize that first, everything works out. I don't have to worry about getting depleted. I don't have to worry about it not fitting. I don't have to worry about running out of energy of, oh, it's just, it's not gonna work, it's not gonna work, I'm gonna be too tired. It's incredible how it's like God knows what he's talking about. When I prioritize the right things first, when I prioritize self-sacrificing love, when because of Jesus's faithfulness, I am so unbelievably grateful for who he is and what he's done for me that I realize the people around me are inevitable and it's not for me to hoard. His love is not for me to hoard. And if I want to show my gratitude, I do that by putting other people first. And how, when I do that, I don't have to worry about burnout. I don't have to worry. I can be like the Apostle Paul who is writing a note concerned about other people while he is in shackles. Think about that. 
that doesn't have to just be a story we read in scripture. That can be our story. That can be our story. We can be people who other people look at and go, how are you not dead tired all the time? <laughs> how are you just not mentally fried? How are you not exhausted all the time? How are you, where, where is your source? <laughs> because I, I, it doesn't make sense. I don't know how you're going uh, 99 miles an hour and you're loving all these people and you're investing in these people and you still have time for you and you're still a happy person and you're still patient and you're kind. Where does this come from? It is miracle math. It's miracle math. That's how we can be like Paul. Now hear what I'm saying, okay? Hear what I'm saying. I know it's impossible to be the person for every person. Totally get that. Totally get that. But this is what we have to be careful of because we can do this a lot. And I have been very guilty of this. Because we cannot be the person for every person, we'll say we won't be the person for any person. You follow me? Because we can't be the person for everyone, we're like, well, I wanna be fair. <laughs> so I won't be the person for anybody. I won't invest in anyone. I'll invest in me because I don't wanna pick favorites. Not only wanna invest in some people. Man, do for some what you wish you could do for everyone. Do for some what you wish you could do for everyone. Pour in to people, pour into people. Not every single person. I know, I know we're, we're human, I get that. But the people that you can, even Jesus, we see that out of the, the thousands who followed him, he had 12 disciples. And even out of the 12, he had three who he was very, very close with. Jesus had people that he poured everything into. And so the same can be true for you and me. There are people out there that we have got to invest in. We've got to love because that's how we were loved. And if you want to pay Jesus back for how good he has been to you, that's how you do it by investing in other people and you can invest and you can give and not be worried that you're gonna run dry because it's miracle math. That's not how the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God, we run and we don't grow weary. That's how it works in the kingdom. That's how it works whenever we love people from a heart of gratitude. So to sum it all up, Jesus is faithful. I am grateful. You are inevitable and we all are richer. We all are richer. You wanna know what that means? As I'm constantly pouring myself out for other people, if I'm not in it alone and we're all being the church like we're supposed to be, you're doing the math, right? That means there are other people who are pouring themselves out for me. There are other people who are doing the same thing and I'm one of their people. We see that happen so many times here at Cornerstone. I can't even tell you how many people have blessed me. They, they've, they've sent me money or sent me a gift card or they've told me that they're praying for me. They've, they've brought over dinner to the house, just different things like that. And it's because they are loving out of a self-sacrificial way and it's blessing me. And then I, in turn, am loving people in a self-sacrificing self way and it just keeps spreading and it just keeps going. That's what the church is supposed to be. We all are richer when we realize that Jesus is faithful and because of the gratitude I feel, that means I'm gonna start loving the people around me and we all become richer in the process. We all become richer in the process by paying forward the love that Jesus has shown to us. And I promise you, you can take that to the bank. You can take that to the bank. God will honor his word. You will run and not grow weary. You will pour yourself out and God himself will lift you up. Father God, we thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for the fact that we can know as we pour out from ourselves, you yourself will lift us up. 
You yourself will give us energy. You'll give us what we need to push through. And so just like Paul, we will be able to be in, in, in hard times in life and still have gratitude. We'll be able to be in difficult times and still have energy. We'll be able to be in hard times and still be able to think about others before ourselves because we are working out of a posture of gratitude to a savior who thought of us, who thought of what we needed to the point of death on a cross. So God, who in the world are we to withhold love from anyone out of a worry that we won't have anything left for ourselves? God, help us to remember your miracle math that things in the kingdom do not work as things in the world works, that the more we spend, the richer we become, that we don't have to worry about burnout as you yourself will give us everything we need. Thank you for that truth, Father. You are a good, good Father. Help us to bless you by loving those around us with a grateful heart. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to contact us or find out more about our ministry, head over to our website at cornerstonechurch.info. Have a great week.